everyone. Welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete, coach at Where Your Feet Take You, triathlon and mental performance coaching company, as well as mom to two little boys. And I have my amazing co-host here, Aaron Oliphant, who is an elite amateur age group triathlete, gearing up for her second Kona here in seven-ish weeks, if I've got my math correct. She's also a coach at Where Your Feet Take You as and just an all-around awesome human being. We are back this week to answer your questions, chat about triathlon, catch up, share our lives, and anything and everything in between. Before we get started with that, as a reminder to help to support this podcast, the best way right now is to share on social media that you like this podcast. Uh, I know that we ask that every every week, but it is the best way to get eyes and ears um, on the podcast and help to kind of support the growth of it. You also can support us by sending us your questions at www com slash podcast. We love your questions. They help us to provide you guys with the content that you want to hear, as well as just kind of help to maybe clear the air of all things crazy when it comes to triathlon, because let's face it, there is a lot that sometimes we just don't know the answer to. Lastly, you can also help support by heading over to our store, which is on the wearyfeettakeyou.com uh, website, and grab a swim cap or a running hat. Both are amazing. You won't regret purchasing either one of them. All right. That's it for the, what, what the nitty-gritty, I guess, of the podcast, and we're going to dive right in. Erin, how's the week been? Uh, you got your new bike. Your new bike is here. I, I, I did get a new bike, so I'm super excited about that. Um, and it's really pretty. It is pretty, and it's fast, I think. Like, I was just – it's been a week. Uh, it's been an emotional week. Like, yesterday, just, my workout as planned did not happen, so I just went out – for an easy ride and the bike felt fast even when going easy. So nice. I'm excited about it. It fits well. So that's a positive of the week. Um, the week as a whole has been fine. Like nothing's wrong. It just, I think a lot of emotions hit me all at once and have just had a complete breakdown when I couldn't get my pedals off my bike. And that was kind of like the tip of the iceberg. Um, kind of lost it. But that's where it's good to have a good coach who can talk you through it and tell you everything's going to be okay. Because it will be. It will be okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think the key, you know, the cool thing with, you know, moving one moving forward, you know, besides having whatever you want to call, I guess you could call it a breakdown yesterday, but let's just call it an (laughs) an overabundance of emotion that just all kind of came to the boiling surface. (laughs) Because breakdown is not a fun word. But in, you know, sometimes we have to have those. That's okay. You're allowed to have them. You're allowed to have those feels. And also, you know, as we talked about, you can't tackle everything all at once. And that's okay. You don't have to. But a new bike, exciting. You sent me a pic, or I saw a picture on Instagram. Much better fit for you. Like, much better. That's kind of how I've always envisioned like you being fit on a bike. And I think that's what we were trying to get you to like be on your other one. And it just wasn't happening. Um, 
and you were having like, right, you're having issues with your hip flexors and like your glutes and stuff were constantly causing troubles with your back. And, and I really think this is going to make a huge difference in that. I am super excited about it. I mean, the bike was built built to fit my body, which is super cool. It's now the bike of a world champion, which is yes. pretty cool because that's cool. No I saw that. The brand. Um, so if you haven't heard of Koo Cycle, I highly recommend you check them out. Um, they do bikes built to fit your body and they are supposed to be super fast and it feels super fast so far. So I'm really excited to race on it. I know. Do they want to sponsor a rookie professional triathlete <laughs> who constantly comes in like around the 10th place-ish and is wanting to come in better? <laughs> well, the team is very um, nice. So I've really enjoyed good. the whole process of working with them so far. So I'm part Yay. of the next gen program. Um, and they've just been super supportive of me. So it was not a free bike, but I'm still super excited to be riding on it and feeling good. Yes. And that's the key piece. And I think that's really great that, you know, being part of part of kind of like whether it's an experimental team or whatever you want to call it, or just part of a team like that, that really does help to kind of support, you know, triathlon is such an individual sport, but it also requires like all the other pieces around it. And that's a piece of it. And to have that is really awesome. So I'm really excited for you to ride it. I can't wait to see it. And hopefully we can, I know you're going to be gone this week, but maybe in the next week or so we can ride together. Yeah. Cause that'd be a lot of fun. Um, Especially because you're a little more in recovery mode. So maybe we'll be (laughs) somewhat together. (laughs) Working on it. We just, uh, just started training back again this week. So I actually have uh, Augusta 70.3 coming up here in like three weeks. So we're kind of building through this week, getting back into training, getting back into the swing of things. And, um, my coach and I had a really good conversation about like kind of some changes that I need to make personally. Um, I already found myself already this week falling back into like bad habits with specifically, we think a lot of the reasons, right? Like I spent the entire summer complaining about this fatigue issue that I have and just feeling like I'm not recovering from training. And I really think a a large part of it is I just don't know that I'm getting enough calories in throughout the day. Because it's so, I mean, I feel like, and I know better and I know, right, I I coach this, right? I tell you guys all the time, like, you're not eating enough calories. (laughs) I have such a hard time with it. Um, I'm fairly weird with my eating habits. Like, I despise leftovers. I can't pre-make things. So, like, my coach was like, well, why don't you just have, like, chicken and and rice just pre-made all the time so that you can just grab it? And I was like, no. I can't eat it. I can't choke that down. Like that sounds like vomit in my brain. So I'm having a little bit of a struggle. Like even today I realized I was in in my swim and I only had 2,500 yards. Like it wasn't a long swim at all. And I just had this huge fatigue feel like my arms are heavy and I, and I just was tired. And I started thinking and I realized that all I've had today is a core power Two pieces of toast, two eggs with some cheese, and a bar. Yeah, FYI, that's, not, that's enough. not enough calories, even for the minimal amount of training that I did today in the last two days because we're building into it. Uh, that's not enough calories. <laughs> I wonder why I feel fatigued and like I'm not recovering from my training sessions. Not eating enough. No, that's 
not enough. And I mean, <laughs> yep. it does affect you because when you're constantly doing that day after day, it really adds up. And that's when you start mm-hmm. to get constant fatigue. Yep. Yeah. So I'm having, a, I guess I'm just trying to rethink it all. Like, what can I eat that's easy and quick that gives me calories that I can that I can like think about eating without just shoving nasty stuff that I find have a hard time eating. Like I would have a really hard time eating chicken and rice for lunch. So what can I do instead? Um, so any listeners out there have any brilliant ideas? I would appreciate all of them because <laughs> it's a struggle. What do you do? You are good at it. And I, well, you've gotten I'm a lot better. Be- calories. Yes. I'm not good. I, I have not been good at it, which I'm sh- the last couple of weeks. So for those yeah. who don't know, my parents have been very generous and have helped me out on the money front quite a bit the last couple of years, but I have recently become financially independent. Um, which is very challenging. It is challenging and it's been a struggle to figure out the money with the eating enough thing because I mm-hmm. have a habit of eating out a lot because I also hate leftovers. I hate the taste of things when they're meal prepped. Um, yes, so I eat a lot of Chipotle, a lot of chop shop, like a lot of places where I would go to get freshly cooked meat and rice. Um, and I cannot afford to do that as much anymore. So I noticed mm-hmm. there was like a week or two where I just was not eating enough. So it's a re-figuring that out now. Um, yes. So that's a work in progress too, which has contributed to why I've been a little more emotional than normal. 100%. Yes. I remember those days. And even now, I still struggle with them. Because food is expensive. And I don't know, when you want to eat, my other struggle is I I like to eat, and clean isn't the right word, because I hate using that around food. I don't like putting labels of good, bad, clean, healthy on food, just from my own past dealings with anorexia and really labeling, well, that's a good calorie, that's a bad calorie, and having that be part of my control system. But I really do like to eat, for lack of a better term, clean foods. And in reality, those are not actually enough calories. Like a salad is not enough calories. Snacking on veggies and dip, not enough calories. But I can't just eat bars my whole life, which is what I usually turn to. Well, just have more cookies, Kayla. There you go. More cookies. That is is what I need to do. I I did make these. I like rice and potatoes, so I get a lot of calories from that. No, I just need to think I need to add more rice into my diet because I do like rice. Like in those Ben's packets or whatever that you can just stick in the microwave. Those yeah. are perfect. Like and they're not expensive. So and I've in reality like a variety of sauces. So find some good sauces you like to change the flavor of the rice. There you go. Like sweet chili, some hot sauce, some teriyaki sauce, even some barbecue sauce. Just keep changing it up and then it's basically <laughs> like a different food. It's a different meal every day. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to really force myself to eat like I go through periods of stages where I don't like eggs. And I'm in one, but I've been forcing myself to eat eggs every morning. 
that is a no-go for me. Ah, it's, I know they're disgusting sometimes, but it's the best way for me to get protein because I do yep. have a really hard time getting protein in. Um, you like yogurt? I love yogurt. Like the, the Oikos uh, I eat a lot of that. triple zero yogurt with like 18 grams of protein or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of my go-to breakfast item that with a banana and peanut butter and a couple pieces of toast yep. or an English muffin or something. Those are good. That's a good option. I've been, I'm a, I, I, one of the key things I've been like, I just got done was making really hefty shakes. So like mm-hmm. I just had a shake that had I, a whole bunch of stuff fruit yogurt peanut butter bananas spinach honey chocolate <laughs> like try protein powder um vitamin yeah just all sorts of stuff to try to like booster calorie intake with those um so yeah that's my challenge at the moment it's a big piece that i'm really trying to focus on because like the more we talked about it, it's like in reality for me to be able to keep up with the professional triathletes like i need to do two things i need to have the energy to do it, but I also do need to be training more of an average of 22 to 24 hours a week in reality. But it's hard for me to do. I don't have the energy. I haven't had the energy to do it. And, you know, there are some other pieces that we talked about. She's, you know, my coach is like, well, you have you been keeping up on your strength training? And I said, well, no, because I straight up didn't have the energy to do it. My fatigue was so high and we weren't even training that much. Like I was only doing like 17 hours a week, which is lower than I was doing last year as an age grouper. And I can't, I had no energy to do my, do my strength training. So just a lot of pieces. So that's my focus. I have two focuses moving kind of through the end of this year and into the beginning of next year is focus on getting more calories in on a regular basis and trying hard to not stress myself out about the fact that it, I need to sometimes just lay in bed and relax for an hour and that's okay. That's not me being a bad coach. That's not me being a bad mom. That's not me being a bad business owner to take that time and just relax versus constantly be go, 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 which is what I have a tendency to do. Yeah. You have to recover. Recovery is so important and I know this, but it's so hard for me to take like today, I laid there and watched some stuff on Netflix for an hour, and I had to really focus to not be like, well, if I'm just laying here, I should go get the kids, and they should be home. Or, no, I need to be on my computer, like, doing whatever I can to improve myself as a coach and to check in with athletes. And do. it's like, okay, no, Kayla, take a deep breath. <laughs> Doesn't make you yeah. a bad person to do these things, but it's such a challenge for me because I'm mentally so ingrained in myself that I can't do those things because they make me bad at something else. <sighs> so I'm trying to let that go. It's weird because it is a skill. Like yes. For some people, that skill can come very naturally. But for others, and especially I feel like endurance athletes, learning how to do nothing and letting that be relaxment time, not time where you're thinking of all the things that you should be doing, mm-hmm. requires work to like learn how to do that appropriately. Yeah, because in reality, you could say like, oh, you know, if I sit at my computer, you know, like like on, on, on Thursdays or a really big meeting and work day, and I usually am sitting at my computer from like 11 to 4 sometimes, just straight. And you could ar- I argue with myself, well, that's me taking a really easy day and relaxing. But 
it's not because I'm on the I'm usually on the phone or I'm thinking or I'm programming a training plan or I'm working on networking stuff and marketing materials and while physically my body is resting mentally I'm not and that takes a lot out of you too and so I'm trying to really get over that concept that allowing myself this space on the days where maybe I have more time to just chill doesn't mean that I'm not giving my all to being a coach or being a mom and those things. And so those are my initiatives for the end of the 2023 season and into the 2024 season. I think they're good ones. I've now said them aloud so you can all keep me accountable on them. Potentially. Like so awesome. Okay. Well, we do have a couple questions here and uh, we're going to start with a really great one, which um, kind of fits well into what we were both just talking about a little bit. Just me being constantly feeling a little bit tired, you feeling like you've got a lot going on mentally and how we stay motivated. So the question what came on Instagram and it was tips for staying motivated when you are tired. Um, it wasn't necessarily that you were, you know, she was asking not necessarily when you're, you know, not motivated or, you know, all these pieces, but when you just right, we all get that space where we're tired and we don't want to because we're tired. Well, how do we stay motivated? It's a good question. Wow. Motivation is a weird word. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a weird word. It's not the best way to describe it, a lot of things. Like, because sometimes you are really motivated and other times you're not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it more comes down to like dedication and commitment towards your goal yep. than it does motivation. So like, even when I'm tired and it depends on how tired you are and kind of what type of tired it is. Agreed. Um, but yeah. the goal for me is like always to start my workout and get through the warm up and maybe the first like 10 minutes of the main set. And if I'm still feeling like I just am too tired, I can't do it today, then I give myself grace and let that workout go. Um, yep. But most of the time, as long as I can get myself to start it, I'll end up finishing it and be proud of myself for staying committed to that goal and doing the right thing for that day. Um, when I get done with the workout and the days that I decide I'm too tired, I'm proud of myself for recognizing that, Hey, like I'm too tired. Like this still goes towards my goal to take this workout off because clearly this is like what my body needed for this day. Yeah. That's listening, listening to your body. And I think that's one important piece is being able to kind of separate the two of, am I being motivated or do I need to listen to me? And, you know, I, we all know how what I feel about the word motivated or motivation because I I don't believe that motivation is the piece that you can utilize because motivation waxes and wanes every single day and every single minute sometimes. Like you could wake up super motivated, but then you had a meeting or you, you know, had a bad workout and had to get ready for your next one. And then all of a sudden you don't have motivation and there's a lot of other pieces that go into it. And it's about being fo- reframing the idea of motivation into dedication and discipline. 
Uh, and, you know, look one, if you look at it from that angle, it becomes a little bit easier to kind of start everything because you are saying, hey, I'm focusing on being dedicated. And what does that dedication mean to me? You know, but at the same time, you know, you can, the other piece that I liked that you mentioned was how you talked about how, uh, like focusing on the goal that you're working towards, whether that's a race or a bigger arching goal or a specific workout, honestly, like even if you have a specific workout that you're kind of working towards or a feeling that you were like any form of goal can be really powerful to keep you motivated because it kind of becomes the backbone of what it is that you're trying to do. Um, so focusing on that goal and kind of creating it within different layers, right? You have in your outcome goal, your process goal, your effort goal. Um, those are all different layers to that so that you have different pieces to draw on when you are struggling with this lack of feeling like you don't have enough energy to be dedicated can be a great way to kind of help stay around that. Um, the other piece I like to do <laughs> is reward myself. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with a little bit of bribery. <laughs> Like, yes, if I go do that swim, I can go get a coffee or, <laughs> you know, I, it, there's nothing wrong with that. If especially if it kind of gets you out the door and and like you said, because sometimes once you get out the door and you get moving, you feel good and then it becomes next thing you know, you got it done. And if that's what gets you out the door, it's what gets you out the door. Um. So that can be a, a, a helpful piece. Another good option is, you know, finding training partners or having an accountability partner, even if it's not, honestly, even if it's not a training partner, like someone that you're physically going to go see, like maybe, maybe it is a coach or maybe, and just knowing that, Hey, they're going to see that I did or didn't do this session or a friend that you can text and say, Hey, I'm got this training today. I'm struggling with it. What do you have? Like, find that accountability partner that helps you to kind of just stay focused. And that can be really helpful as well. Um, those can be, I don't know, those are kind of some high level tips to kind of stay motivated, but motivation's tough because most of the time we're not motivated. So Awesome. So thanks for that question. That was a great one. Um, this is another question that I know we may have talked about this before. I can't remember, but the question was best open water swim goggles. <laughs> and I think this is very open-ended because in reality, all of us like something different and all of every, like goggles fit us all differently. Um, but I figure we could just share which ones we use and if we've tried any that we feel have worked really well. Um, and I think you've, shared before but you're a swimmer and swimmers like yeah. the old school <laughs> swimmer goggles well, but what do you I'm use wearing, like, <laughs> sockets, but I'm wearing I swear to you I swear to you I see so many swimmers out there like you know that they're a swimmer because of what they're wearing yeah goggles. I wear um the speedo woman's vanquishers um it is a pool goggle so and it sits or it sits closer to your eye, so it's higher up on the eye bone um, mm. or orbital bone, I think would be the correct word for it. Um, yes. But it's, I don't know, I've worn it since I was maybe 10 years old, um, so it's what's comfortable on my eye and where I'm used to having pressure around my eye. Like, I did try to use more open water goggles for a while um, and just, like, 
after 20 minutes, I just wasn't used to the area that the pressure of the goggle was, mm-hmm. and it just bothered me so much. Um, so I really yeah. like the Speedo <laughs> Women's Vanquishers, but that's not necessarily the goggle I would recommend to everybody. Yeah, because open water swim goggles, their difference is they have a lot, like their field of vision is bigger, especially yeah. for being able to sight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the difference between a pool goggle and in a quote unquote goggle that you'd wear in the open water. But I think it's really just important for you just to try different kinds because um, every kind fits differently for different people. Like, for example, I tried the arena. I don't know if that's right. The arena goggles. And I loved water ones. Yes. And I love the concept behind them, but I literally couldn't wear them because they fit so closely to my eyes that it felt like it was stabbing me in the eyeball. Which was yeah, a bummer because I put them on and I was like, oh, wow, these are awesome, but couldn't wear them. Whereas some people, that's their go-to goggle, right? Um, so I wear the Roka R1s, I think. I don't oh, know if that's correct. I remember the other reason I just can't make the switch triathlon goggles and why I couldn't get used to that pressure in a different point on my face is I don't know why, but the way the field of vision is designed, it messes up my flip turns. Like the distance to the wall is different. Interesting. Um, And I just, so I couldn't use them in a pool to get used to them for open water. Um, And I would say I'm actually a fairly good sighter and I swim fairly straight. So I wasn't as worried about the field of vision sighting. So it just wasn't worth it to me to try and get used to the flip turn distance. No. That's funny. Wow, I would have never thought of that. But I guess I could see that because, again, the point of them is to have like this higher, like more field of vision, like nobody, you can't, nobody can see what I'm doing right now, but like more up by your eyebrows for lack of a better term, I think. And yeah, maybe that does kind of created some weird depth perception for you that. Yeah, I don't know. It was enough where I was like, I'm just sticking with the Speedo Vanquishers. And I think when you go to a race, you can see the swimmers. Like, I think. Uh, Rachel Zelinquis, who swam at UGA and just won Ironman Mont Tremblant, um, she wears vanquishers as well. Yeah. But again, no. she was a swimmer. So. Most of them do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's the field of vision is why I'm so bad at my flip turns. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I like it. That's what we're going to call. I'm going to blame it on my goggles. Not that I uh, really royally suck at them. Um, So yeah, I think our biggest advice is just wear something that is comfortable for you. And at the end of the day, it's kind of, I mean, it's going to be a silly comparison, but it's kind of like a bike fit. Like you have to be comfortable in what you're wearing and same with a bike. Like you have to be comfortable on your bike in order to be fast. If you're not comfortable with the goggles that you're wearing, all you're going to be doing is thinking about, hey, these goggles hurt my face or I can't see out of them or they're leaking or blah, blah, blah. And you're going to swim like shit. So which actually, though, if you're someone who gets very scared in open water, then maybe thinking about the goggles that are hurting your face is a better solution. There you go. <laughs> anxiety takes so. away takes away the anxiety of the open water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, we always talk about finding productive thinking, right? To like yeah. to help have your focal points, and I guess that could be a productive thought. You never know. <laughs> 
<laughs> so awesome. Well, hopefully that's helped. I uh, hope you can find some goggles that work for you. And yeah, if you find a great pair, you can always let us know. Okay, uh, next question is a great one, and this had to do with strength training, and they are basically just, it was a very broad question. Strength training for triathletes. That was what the question was. So I figured we just kind of chat a little bit about our concepts of strength training, whether we think it's important, why we think it's important, and maybe some of our favorite um, favorite exercises that we like to do. I think you and I are both in the exact same stance that we think strength, ugh, pardon me, strength training is very important and mm-hmm. not enough people do it to an extent um, and you should do more of it for a lot of reasons. Um, injury, redu- reducing injury, correcting imbalances, creating power, endurance, speed. These are all things you can gain from strength training. And I think what's really important here is that you don't have, one of the reasons I always have a hard time getting athletes to strength train is because two reasons. One, they think that, well, actually there's kind of three. One, they're afraid of getting bulky. I get this often. And that is an extremely misconception with strength training that you will, you will get bulky you, and have it slow you down because you have to lift a very specific way to get bulky with strength training. Um, then two, they, it takes too much time and you don't have to. Honestly, you can be very benef- benef- beneficial work from 20 to 30 minutes if that's all you have time for. And then the other one is that they always want to get really, really complicated. And I personally think that if you stick to the basics with strength training, you're going to get a lot of benefit from it. And those are kind of the three misconceptions that I deal with when I work with athletes on it. Um, but yeah. What are your thoughts on strength training? Um, I think everybody needs something. I think everybody needs to do strength training. Um, but I think everybody needs something slightly different when it comes to strength training. Um, and that comes down to a bit to like knowing your body and kind of knowing what your body needs and how it reacts to strength training. Um, like I'm someone who can put on a large amount of skeletal muscle mass if I lift in that like three to six rep range. Um, so I don't mind doing that in the off season, but in season one, I put on the muscle mass, but it's not that productive of use. Um, and two, I get very sore when I'm lifting in that rep range, which is yeah, I mean, you and I have had a conversation for you where you were like, why am I so sore? And you explained it to me. And I was like, well, you're trying to like beast your way through. Like, right. We've had that. We had that conversation about a year ago. I was like, no, no, no. Drop that back. You don't need to be yes. lifting to the point where your doms are so high that you can't function the next day yeah so like I know that about myself and I do a lot better in the 12 to 20 rep range because that's where you're focused more on muscular endurance which is actually what I need more of especially in my hamstrings um so like knowing that about myself and then choosing exercises that are beneficial towards that I really like the like multi-muscle compounds 
movements. Yeah, compound mm-hmm. lifts, like a reverse lunge with a row while you're doing it or with a shoulder press or like a single leg RDL into a shoulder press. Those um, are my because favorite ultimately too. in triathlon, you need to be able to use all your muscles and coordination with each other. Um, so I think doing that in the gym is really beneficial. 100% agree. I love that. That was a great point to bring up because those are some of my favorites too. Like one of my favorites that I do is a step up to a press, like a yep. step up with a single arm press and then I switch sides. Um, really focusing on a lot of stability work is also really beneficial for endurance athletes because if you think about what we're doing, a lot of what we're doing is on a single leg in reality. Running, you're always on one leg at one time. You're never on two. Or if you're on two, you're doing it wrong and you need to have somebody look at how you run. (laughs) Biking, same thing. You're putting more power, you're putting power down and yes, you're pulling up, but power comes is, you know, kind of on each side. And so the more that you can really isolate each side and create power without overbalancing, you know, one side that maybe has a weakness. So kind of, again, focusing on that stability standpoint, you're going to get a lot of benefit a lot of bang for your buck too, especially if we're talking bang for a buck, which a lot of people, you know, that we, that we talk to they you know, they, they don't have as much time. So let's focus on exercises that are going to give you some good bang for your buck while you're still getting, you know, good work out of it. So, you know, deadlifts, squats, step ups with a press squat. I, one of my favorites is squat press. So doing a dumbbell squat up to an overhead press because you're using kind of your full body. Um, again, that compound work, um, again, step ups, hip and glute, glute bridge, overhead press, pull off press. So focusing on core rotation in your lifts. So, um, you know, pull off press or a kneeling, um, uh, I, I can never remember the exact name of it, but like a kneeling pull down press up kind of thing where you're kind of doing opposite um, function at the same time. And, um, you know, a chopping type, I never can remember the name. I always call them one of the wood choppers. That's what I call them for some reason, but the Kate, where you pull in the cable down from one all the way from the top down to the other. And so you're using a lot of rotational core to help with biking, running power, swimming power. Um, and you kind of focusing within, that space and you can put together kind of that range of focus, you're going to get a lot of benefit from it across the board. Um, so we, I think we both, you know, the key with, in, uh, sorry, the key with what we're talking about strength training <laughs> is really focusing on reducing injury and correcting imbalances. And then through that, you're going to create power and speed and endurance across the board. Um, And, and you're activating muscles. So like I have a very hard time activating my glutes when I bike and when I run. Um, So in the gym, I spend a lot of time doing exercises where that is and my hamstring. So where that the back chain is really forced to stabilize and engage and activate. Um, so like step downs where I'm slowly lowering my heel from the ground while I'm standing on top of a bench, um, is really good for me. Um, like leaning split squats where I'm like leaning forward more to engage the hamstrings Mm -hmm. and the glutes are really good for me. Um, so kind of knowing two areas that you need to focus on that will directly impact, um, your weaknesses. 
And that's uh, that's a very common weakness for a lot of people. Most of us were very quad dominant. And our, if you ask the majority of people, they would say that their posterior chain is very, um, a lot weaker than um, kind of their quads and, you know, the front part of their system. And so trying to activate those pieces. And, you know, one thing I think it's important to know is that, it, again, when we talk about strength training, it can be really overwhelming for people. And it's one of those two where when you, when you're trying to create like when like, it's okay to go periods of time where strength training is less, especially if you're someone who is a time starved athlete. If it's one of those where you're in, you know, I had, I had an athlete about a month or so ago, she was having a hard time kind of finding some power and she kept saying, but she was also having a hard time just finding time to actually hit her sessions. And she was like, well, maybe I need to incorporate strength training into it. And I said, we can However, you are in the biggest block that you have right now for your, your Ironman build. And if we can't find the time to get your, set, your, your swim, bike, and run sessions done, adding strength training is only going to overwhelm you and probably create a fatigue that you're, you can't handle right now. And so let's manage that first. And being cautious with those pieces and focusing again more on maybe activation work from a strength training, more band work, like you said, kind of focusing on the pieces that need to get activated. So lateral walks, monster walks, um, doing kind of more uh, resistance band type work versus actual full on heavy duty strength training in this time and space. And then once we get out of this, you do your race and we move back into kind of a base field, let's reintroduce that strength training so that when you're ready for next season, we have more of a base of a foundation where we can keep, you know, keep you strength training on a more regular basis. So it kind of just depends on you too and what you can handle as an athlete. Um, and I think that's an important piece to be able to know. Um, awesome. All right. Anything else? Strength training. Um, what are your top three favorite exercises? <laughs> oh, that is a good one. Uh, I love RDLs personally, single leg RDLs. I feel like I get a lot from them. I also like the hex bar deadlift. I don't like normal deadlifts. And I have a hard time with squats. My back doesn't seem to like squats. And like because of that, front, and I've had a hard time with front squats for some reason. Um, and so I stick with kind of more of the hex bar um, deadlift. And then um, one of my go-to is doing a step up with rate, a rate excuse me, a step up to a raise. So stepping up and then kind of having the other leg come up as if I'm running and pushing up with a dumbbell. Those are kind of my three go-tos. What about you? What are your favorites? Oh, um, well, I really like lat pull down. Um, I just personally, for me, it translates to the water really well. Um, then I really like a weighted or banded dead bug. Um, just for my cross-body core connection. That's a good one. Um, and then I do like a single leg 
RDL a lot um, because for me, I really need that stability strength more than just going heavy on an RDL or deadlift. So yeah, would be my three. Those are good ones. Yes. A banded or weighted bird dog is, again, we go back to just really thinking about kind of the, the foundational exercises and the how powerful something as simple as a dead bug or a bird dog can be. And those are two different exercises, but still I'm talking about like those are such yeah. I like both si- of them. simple same. exercises that don't seem like they're going to do all that much for you, but they, they do so much because, especially for our sport, because they are very cross body. Yeah. And especially people who struggle with the rotation and hip drive and swimming, um, or the rotation and running, like those are great exercises Mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I mentioned also like the Paloff press, which is, I don't know if I can explain that properly to on people here. So you can go Google it, (laughs) Um, but it's a really great one. And, and any form of kind of rotational exercise can, is, is really great for running and swimming because there is very, um, like you said, hip drive function in both of those to create power. Um, and I think that's key speaking of swimming. So if we're talking strength training, right, we want to talk simple pieces and strength training can be really powerful for that through more of like even just an activation type of standpoint. So if you were going to give somebody two key exercises that they could do with some resistance bands to help with their swimming, what would you give them? Um, I love just a banded pull down like you're swimming essentially you put it at shoulder height while you're bent over and you pull past your hip and then you just kind of slide it back up um I love that as like an activation pre-swimming thing um because that those are the muscles you should be using while you're swimming um and then this is more just as put from a strength perspective. I do really like like assisted pull-ups or regular pull-ups if you're strong yeah. enough for that. Um, I do think they translate to swimming really well. I always like to do, um, and I don't even know what the name of them are, but like I take a resistance band, I kind of stick it over my head and pull, do like a, uh, a Y almost. For me, that really activates kind of my rear delts and like down into my lats in a more very small, very small movement versus, you know, trying to really kind of get very muscly with it. Um, That's one. I think and and someone who has like bad shoulder mobility, it always kind of helps me kind of stretch things out and activate kind of that that full range of motion. A lot of people struggle to activate their back while they swim. So really anything to get those muscles firing. So when you get in the water, you can feel them at least engage is a good start. So like face pulls with a band can be really great. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And (laughs) scarecrows, bonzies, whatever. Call any of your shoulder warm up exercises. Just throw a band on there too. Yep. It's one of my uh, pieces that I need to do more of, but I always have a hard time taking five minutes. And it's, it's all takes five minutes. And I know this. Five minutes at the pool. Bring a band. Stand there. Activate things for five minutes. And I always swim better when I do it. But I never do it. I know better. Yeah. 
but I don't, I don't like to run in the morning because the warm up requires so much more to get everything moving. It really (laughs) does. So I just don't. And then I run in the evening when it's burning and I regret not doing it. And then you regret that. (laughs) Do it every time anyway. (laughs) Right. Oh man. It's, it's one, it's either one or the other, right? You either have to warm up and get everything activated or you get to melt in the hundred degree heat. (laughs) Thankfully, I think we're headed towards some cooler temperatures a little bit here that will kind of, yeah, benefit us. So I'm tired of it. It's that point of summer where I'm really, really over the heat. And it's been such a hot one that... I'm tired of going to bed with the house at 80 because the house just can't cool down past that. No. It's, yeah, where you step outside and it's like a blow dryer and... (laughs) It's definitely, it's definitely been an adjustment of moving into the, I mean, we moved right into the smack, basically right when it started to get hot. And with it being such a hot summer, it was, it was an adjustment. And I guess, you know, we could probably do a whole podcast talking on how to manage this type of heat. Um, And I don't even know if I figured it out, honestly. So (laughs) it's. The, the the piece that really struggled for me was constantly having to do sessions so early in the morning. Like I'm someone who is my best time frame is like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. <laughs> it's not a very long yeah. window. It's a really short window. <laughs> but that's when I have the most energy. It's when I have the most motivation. You know, it's when I when I think the best. And um, like even in college. I was someone who, if I didn't know the information by like 11 p.m. at night, I wasn't going to know it. So there was no point because I, I was never, I don't think I pull, I didn't pull a single all-nighter in college No, because it was either, it was better for me to go to bed and maybe get up a little bit earlier to try to finish something or do something along those lines because I just didn't do didn't do things well at night. I did my best time frame is the day. So having to start these rides at like, five in the morning, five thirty in the morning is just oh, it was very crushing. And I'm looking or forward to when I don't have to do that. Like I've been going my fourteen half miles per hour last week and then my brakes were stuck together and I well. <laughs> I had no wind. It sucked. <laughs> You're just and melting. I didn't start until eight thirty. So it was a five hour melting ride. melting okay. into the pavement. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah nope it's uh it'll be nice when it starts to cool off a little bit and move yeah. past some of that maybe I'll find my speed again I keep hoping I mean that's what I tell you guys as athletes and I know that scientifically that's like the thing is when you are in this type of heat you are so much slower but let me tell you it is definitely a bit of a mind game to manage it from For that sure. side of things so um Awesome. Well, those were our main questions for the day. Um, We will, yeah, next week we'll be back answering more of your questions, any topics that you want. And yeah, we don't have any like race stuff coming up in the too soon. We've got some athletes racing here in the next little bit, but you don't race till Kona. I've got one coming up the end of September. I'll be racing Augusta. 
And then maybe Cabo, if I can swing finances, that's a whole nother subject that has been one of the things that I've realized in this journey, like as a rookie pro, is that there is not a lot of help for this, for me, like for the, the person who is me, like, and, and all the other, that's like, I'm not even necessarily talking about like, I mean, there's minimal sponsorships, which is fair and fine, but there's not even necessarily any good guidance in how to manage it and how to get it and how to, how to reach out, who to reach out to, like, you kind of just, nobody talks about it. And this is something that if I ever get, if I get through this and I figure it out, one of my goals is to change that. Because we want more, right? People are always talking about, especially, right, we always talk about, women are always talking about how they want more women in the sport. And I, I'm a woman, so I'm talking from a woman's standpoint. But this is the same for men, too. Like, to get more people in the sport, you need to make it so that they can do it. And it's and to to do it at the professional level is very hard when you're f- footing the bill for everything. Well, and I'm surprised there's not like a like where Ironman hosts events, they don't like ask for volunteers from the town who would be like happy to host the professional athletes because I think in these communities that do host Ironmans and have been doing it year after year, there would be people in the towns who would be happy to take in a pro athlete. Um, so I'm and surprised think, there's not some program like that. Well, and I think there are, but again, okay. like I don't even know where to find that. And that's how, yeah. that's how what I'm ta- kind of getting at is that I don't even know where to go. Like where to, where to ask for those things, who to ask, how to get help from those instances. Like, there's just no information. And, you know, I just, I wish there was more information on, on, on guidance for the people who are kind of beginning that process so that they are not just stumbling around in the dark trying to find whatever they can. So... I don't know. It's definitely been a learning curve. Um, and I'm kind of moving into this, this space where it's now time to start looking for sponsors and partners for the, you know, 2024 season. And, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful for Trace Pinas for having stepped up this year. And like, they immediately said, we'll support you. And they, you know, they'll support me again next year. And, but I, you know, I need to, we need to build that team. And there's just of other, you know, partners to work with. And, it is very confusing and very hard. And I don't even really know where to start. So, yeah, that's one of my goals as I move through this process is I eventually want to help somebody else be able to do it. And like, like I know sometimes even people say, like, well, you know, you can reach out to an agent, but you know what? I can't, aff- I can't afford an agent. Huh? Right? Like, I can't afford one right now. <laughs> Worth it if you're making enough money. Yeah. If you're Lionel Sanders <laughs> or, you know, Winnie and Tim O'Donnell or whatever, Yawn <laughs> and like those people, they can afford Magnus Ditlev, they can afford an agent because Christian they have huge contracts. Like, those are exactly like, unless you're the top of the top, that's really the only mm-hmm. financial situation where that makes sense. Yeah. 
But I do wish that there was, you know, whether it is an agent that is very specific and like, okay, I help rookie professionals find their way almost as a mentor or coach, like, you know, whatever I I do. I I wish there was more of that available because I think that would help bridge the gap of elite age groupers wanting to take the professional card and helping to grow the professional side of things. Um, because it, it would remove that that scary piece of it of like, I don't know if I can do this because I financially am not even sure I can handle it. It would help remove that piece of it and just give a bridge. I don't and know. That's it might help grow the sport. I'm wondering with like sport management becoming a more popular degree in schools, both at the undergrad and master's level, if like... There could almost be a program where, like, people straight out of school can start with the Olympic sports who might not make as much money and use Olympic athletes to kind of get them experience being an agent and can help yeah. beginners navigate things like this. And that'd be a good resume booster for them. So That's a great idea. Shit, we know. need to start some sort of program. Yeah. <laughs> We'll add that to our plate of million things that we need to do (laughs) that neither one of us have time for. (laughs) No. So I guess, I mean, here, if anybody wants to sponsor our podcast or the team or Kayla as a professional athlete, hell, reach out to us. (laughs) We will take your call. (laughs) Happily. Awesome. All right. Well, Aaron, I'm going to let you go get your workout in. I got to go pick up the boys. They were making banana bread with grandma. And I'm going to go maybe have some banana bread because that sounds sounds delicious. My amazing boyfriend was able to get my pedals off my bike in a very frustrating manner because I guess grease was not put on them when they were put on the bike. (laughs) On top of that, I'm pretty sure you over tightened them because the more that you were doing that, the more yeah. it tightens them down and then yeah. it becomes impossible to get them off. <laughs> so <laughs> I get to ride, but we'll see how he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he might, he might need a drink or some ice cream or a cookie. It's, it's to <laughs> calm his, calm his energy. <laughs> That's, very That's all right. I have totally been there. I think Brandon and I, at one like a couple years ago, we were trying to get the pedals off to do the exact same thing, switch them onto another bike, and I went through the exact same thing. We our brain instantly goes lefty loosey, right? Well, pedals don't work that way; they go backwards. One you know, one side goes technically, one side goes backwards, and we couldn't get it off. And between the two of us, there was a lot of curse words, and yeah, it was not pretty. We ended up getting them off after googling it. <laughs> And I Googled it, and I thought I had it right, but I guess I didn't. Or by that point, it was just too late. Because it didn't even matter. The point. (laughs) He got them off, so thankful for him. Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Well, enjoy your ride, and we'll be back next week to bring you guys, yeah, more ramblings for Kayla and Aaron. Yeah, next week too. I think I'll I bought a pair of new carbon shoes, so I'll let you guys know next week how those go. Oh yes, I think I'm gonna test them out. Awesome. What did you end up getting? 
I did get Nikes. I got it. Ah, you did. Okay. I did. That might be good for you. I tried like six or seven pairs of carbon shoes on and that just felt the best out of all of them. None of them were perfect. Um, Like I don't love how thin the mesh is at the top, but it might be good. So because my feet have been getting really hot. Um, But the shoe felt fast. It felt like I could get my uh, heel drive up more like naturally without having to think about it, which was pretty cool. So we'll see. Man, maybe I should switch to, I've been avoiding the Nikes for some like weird reason that I just mentally can't (laughs) buy them for some reason. Um, But I have so many, similar to you, I have a lot of issues with carbon shoes. And I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts. My issues are a little bit different than yours, but I I have a lot of issues with them. Like, they cause my feet, they hurt my feet really bad, but they are faster. And so I've gone through a bunch of different pairs. I have yet to try the Nikes though. So I'll be interested to hear what you say. Aiden's running me. Chandler is, has so many different ones to try on and they were an amazing store. So if you're in Arizona and wanting to try shoes, I do recommend Cadence. And that is. Maybe I should go out there and just try some on. Yeah. See what they say. I was impressed. Perfect. Well, we'll look forward to hearing how those go. So, yep. okay. All right, everybody. <laughs> Have a wonderful week of training, and we'll be back next week. Yep. Bye, everyone.